Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast Thursday edition. My name is Jake, and I am joined this week by lead pastor of Mission City Church, Russell Schultz. Russell, how are you? I'm great. I don't think I deserve such a great intro, though. Well, we just haven't seen you for a while, so it's great to have you back. Yeah, I, I was beginning to wonder if I was going to be asked to come back on the show. I didn't know if I said something in our Christmas special that had the listeners pushing us away or... well. Jury's still out on that one, but uh, no, totally kidding. Uh, no, it's just been good to have a few other interviews. If, you've, uh, if you're have if you not caught up on our Redemption series so far, highly encourage you to go back and listen to some of those episodes. Um, also just want to encourage you with this. Uh, as I've been praying through this series and listening to some of the interviews, I think it's a really great tool to use for evangelism as well. And not to say that you are off the hook for actually you know having conversations with your friends or family or whoever you want to share the love of Jesus with, um, but these these stories are, are are powerful, and um, you know, there's. Uh, I, I talked about this with Megan a little bit, but even a story where you know maybe there's not so much of the um, you know the big sins as we you know uh, so. Uh, weirdly refer to them in church life, but um, maybe you don't have that going on, but maybe you have a friend that does and you'd like to share one of our, our Tim or, or Kent series, but maybe you have uh, you know someone who's not necessarily that way, but, but there's power in the fact that God is bringing, anytime that something is dead and is brought to life, or something is you know uh, blind and then sees as as scripture refers to us as we are saved or receive salvation like that's a powerful thing and uh, and that's offered to anyone and so those messages I think they're powerful I think their stories are powerful and um, we just encourage you maybe there's somebody that you could be praying about sharing that that episode with to just give them some hope and give them some uh, opportunity to see the love of Jesus regardless of where they're at in life regardless of whatever they're struggling with and uh, so just want to throw that out there if there's anybody in your life you want to think about sharing those with, um, just encourage you to do that. Uh, so Russell, you've been, uh, on a little bit of a vacation recently and, uh, you look good. Tan looks good on you. Uh, yeah. how was Jamaica? Oh man, it was beautiful. So our in-laws, uh, took, uh, my wife Cassidy and I, uh, and also her siblings, uh, and their significant others to, uh, to Jamaica for four, four nights, five days. Uh, I got to play some golf. I got to snorkel. I learned how to uh, to sail a. It's called a Hobie cat. I like to call it a Hobie craft because uh, I, I like to name things to make them sound better than they really are. But I can sail. I'm a sailor. Wow. Yeah. It was, sailor Russell. Yeah. Just got to learn how to you know navigate the winds. You know. But uh, yeah, it was super relaxing. Uh, came back to some adulting things like. A dang squirrel chewed through all the cables of the truck we used to haul our trailer, uh, and my fridge stopped working halfway through the week. So, but I'm rested. I'm ready to go. And uh, yeah, how you doing, Jake? 
That's great. I'm good. I'm good. Now that we've got through the chaos of Sunday without the truck and everything, I'm feeling good. If you listen to the podcast version of the sermon, you'll there's some technical uh, up and down just for a few minutes there, but we got it all figured out, uh, and yeah, we're moving on. So community is good, and uh, we're excited about what God's doing through uh, this sermon series and Acts, and uh, thankful for that you had the opportunity to get some rest and get away, and looking forward to having you back around and uh, where that goes. Yeah, man. Good to be back. Okay, awesome. So uh, let's see. Today, um, we will not be so much diving into Russell and I's story. I know that uh, so far we've just been kind of in an interview format. Uh, that's not what today's podcast is for, although I think we'll probably get to that at some point. Um, but today, we are specifically focusing on the coming season of Lint. Uh, Ash Wednesday is the is next Wednesday as you're listening to this, um, and so it's going to kick off a season of uh, a refinement in the church. Of uh, there's there's a ton of things that come along with Ash Wednesday and Lent uh, historically, as well as just for us in the present. Um, and just to get this out there, so so if you're thinking like, well, isn't that more of like a Catholic tradition, or uh, maybe there are other tr- other Christian traditions that do that? We don't we've never observed Lent, or I've never done Lent, or whatever. I've heard that that something that other denominations do uh, that, that could be very true and, and I want to just make it very clear that um, you know throughout this we're gonna be talking about Ash Wednesday and Lent this is an invitation to you uh, not from a legalistic or from a you should be doing this or you have to do this or anything like that more so that one of the values that we have as a church is called live whole and we want to orient our lives throughout the year uh, towards loving Jesus towards following him towards whatever it may look like in our life to to give to him to be sacrificial to be uh, open to wherever God leads us to go. And so uh, there are different opportunities along the church calendar, like we talked about. We did a series on Advent leading up to Christmas or uh, just through different seasons where we have an opportunity. There's something that's happened in the calendar, like a holiday, like any other holiday, to celebrate, to observe, um, to orient our hearts around something that Jesus did or something that Jesus is doing in our lives or something along those lines. So that's all just like a, a preface or disclaimer to say as we're talking about this, this is not something that we're saying that you must do. We're just inviting you along the journey to learn more about it and to consider, uh, is this something that, you know, might grow your faith in God, might uh, keep you in line with his presence and spending time with him and, and just learning about him. So, yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Russell? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think at least for us that didn't grow up like in a, in a more like liturgical setting or a high church setting, meaning like we didn't, we didn't uh, follow the church calendar. Uh, the idea of church calendar could seem to be too traditional for us or too um, uh, maybe like, yeah, just something that we're not accustomed to. And, and I would just say like we, we in general, we, we as churches, we have, we, we have our own church calendars that we follow. So if you, whatever church you go to, there's, you know, there's small group kickoff, there's Christmas Eve, there's, it's Men's, v- women's events. Yeah. It's VBS and they happen at the same times right. every year when we don't, it bothers us and, or something else it is. And so, and they're good. And like, we should celebrate those and we should enjoy those and they should draw us closer to God. And, uh, the, the church calendar though, I guess the historic church calendar, uh, is, uh, are, are, are typically centered around the different works of Christ and allow us to center on Christ. So whereas our modern church calendars are often around events, 
uh, or about gathering people to certain things. This, this is a time for us to reflect on like Advent, the coming of Jesus, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus, uh, you know, good, good Friday, the, 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 the cross Pentecost, uh, which is in June, the coming of the Holy spirit. And so, um, and, and so I, for me, I didn't grow up in a tradition, uh, exploring those, but I think they're, I think as I've grown, grown older, they've been a, it's been a, it's a great, uh, seasonal approach to thinking and pondering different aspects of Christ's ministry and work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you know, we all know the longer you go without maybe a, a check-in on something, the more it just becomes kind of falls off the radar, right? Or falls off the map. If you do something, if you fail to do something for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years or whatever, it just kind of grows in that. So we want to just make sure that there are different points throughout the year where we're saying, no, we're going to intentionally do something that causes us to think of Jesus to, uh, to internalize whatever's happening in our spiritual life right now. So, okay. I think that's enough lead up. Uh, let's get into it. So March 2nd this year, 2022 is, uh, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. It's the kickoff of the Lent season, which lasts for 40 days leading up to, uh, Easter Sunday. Sunday. And there's some different variation of how that came about. Uh, basically, there was just the short version is uh, at one point they decided it would be a certain number of weeks. Uh, certain if you take out the days that they fasted and things like that, um, there would be 36 days. Well, uh, because biblically, 40 days is really or 40 40 years. Uh, the 40 number is a time period that is has a lot of significance. Uh, we added four days. We changed it so that it didn't fall on a Sunday, and we made it a Wednesday so that it lasted 40 days and that it, you know, didn't end up being like a sad day on a Sunday. Um, that about right from what you've gathered as well, Russell. Uh, yeah, that, okay. uh, that'd be a, the, the quick, uh, reader's digest version of that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay. So there's various evidence as to when this actually began to be observed in the United States. We didn't observe this until the 1970s, which I find really fascinating because it, it, I mean, it dates back in the church way longer than way longer than that ago. Is that specifically um, like more Protestant traditions or is that, I would, I would guess so. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure the Catholic church over, probably did. Yeah. Right. Catholic church probably did, but you know, obviously the United States being a more Protestant tradition coming over. Um, yeah, it's kind of escaping. Exactly. Yes, religious persecution. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so the Protestant, uh, you know, uh, kind of church didn't really celebrate this much until the 70s. Um, there are, there's typically some fasting done uh, on Ash Wednesday. You get to eat one whole meal and two smaller meals that don't equal one whole meal, which is very specific. Uh, but if you were going to be legalist about it, if you're going to hold fast to the tradition, uh, you would do that. You wouldn't eat meat as well. Um but the first day of Lent in Iceland, uh, this is kind of fascinating to me, um, is it's called something that I'm not going to even try to pronounce. But basically, it's similar to the United States Halloween. Uh, kids will dress up in costumes and tour the neighborhoods singing songs in exchange for candy, which I thought was really funny. Uh, that's just kind of an interesting tradition to kick off the Lent season. Huh. Yeah, so uh, Ash Wednesday looks a little different there in Iceland. Uh, if you are observing Ash Wednesday in the United States, uh, one thing that I also found to be interesting is that not only can you go into a mass or a uh, certain tradition of uh, Protestant denomination as well to, f to have your Ash Wednesday service, you can also find different areas on street corners or like major, uh, I don't know, malls or things like that where people will be doing like drive-by Ash uh, offerings where they'll... Uh, uh, and, and typically, if you're not familiar with any of this and you're like, you know, what's the ash have to do with it? Um, 
like putting uh, a cross on your forehead with ashes, like ash and water mixed together, is the traditional kind of sign of marking Ash Wednesday. So priests would come, they'd say something like, uh, from dust you were created and to dust you shall return. And it's a reminder of your own mortality. That's the thing that God told Adam in the garden. Um, but also as, and we'll get to this a little bit deeper when we get into the spiritual application of it, but it's also about our own uh, repentance and our turning away from the sin in our lives to, rem- to remind us of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, which we'll ultimately get to, um, you know, an Easter, Good Friday in, in celebration and Easter and the resurrection. Um, anything you want to jump in with so far, Russell? Well, I do think, just talking historically, so we connect these. So why did they start doing this? Uh, I, as early as I have in my notes, like the second century. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you look back, they added this kind of this time of fasting and prayer uh, but it's it's modeled after several different people in the scriptures, right? Right. And so, That's a good point. yeah, you have a you have a long list. That, I mean, you have uh, Moses proceeding with uh, per, like when he's getting the law on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. So there's um, there's Elijah as well. He has another forty day period of time. Jesus. So we have these forty day periods, but we yeah. also have evidence of ash as well. And are you yeah. getting more towards? Are you talking more towards Lent or more towards just specifically Ash Wednesday? I was just jump. I was just skipping right ahead to, okay. uh, <laughs> to Lent. Right. Uh, I, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but let's, let's save Lent. Uh, we'll get to the forty day period just on Ash Wednesday currently at the moment. There are you. Know, I think also what what you were also saying though. There's a number of biblical examples of why ash. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like you you know it's it might be really weird and. You, by the way, we might be cracking the code for you. If you have ever gone to the supermarket on like a random Wednesday and you're like, why are all these people walking around with these ashy crosses on their forehead? Yeah, they do a little cross on their forehead. Yeah. Now you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're welcome to, uh, you know, the knowledge circle. Um, is, it, is there a fire outside I'm not aware of? Right, exactly. And also, please, like, you might, they might get some humor out of this, but um, they probably know that that's there. So if you've ever gone up to somebody, I, this has never happened to me, thank goodness, but. Um, I've heard of people that like they're like have somebody come up to them in the store. They're like, "Hey, you got some on your forehead? You know, did yeah. you know that you got some dirt or whatever?" It's like, I've actually never been to an Ash Wednesday service. I haven't either. So I've never had I've never had ash on my head like that. No, before. full disclosure, I have not either. Yeah, maybe that's something you and I can do next week. Maybe. Yeah, we'll think about it. Yep. Um, but and, and and you're asking, you know, why ash? Why on the forehead? All that. Um, so there's a number of different places. I'm just going to pull, you know, a few examples here. And, and like I said, you could Google this yourself, Ash in the Bible, and you'd come up with a, a bunch of examples. But so in Job, uh, we see in Job 42.6, uh, it says, Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Uh, it's, you know, Job is one of the most afflicted people throughout Scripture. We see that, you know, he's at this low point in his life where basically every worldly possession or family member or whatever has been taken away from him. Um, and so he's sitting in ashes and dust. Uh, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3, uh, Daniel is recognizing the sins of the people of Israel um, and the coming destruction of Jerusalem that's been prophesied. And he says this in verse 3, uh, Then I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Uh, in Esther chapter 4, uh, learning of Haman's plot to eliminate the Jews, uh, it says this in verse 1, When Mordecai learned all that he had done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city, and he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. 
And then finally, just to have an example of something that Jesus said as well, this is continuing throughout the history of Scripture. Uh, Jesus says this in, in Luke ten thirteen. Woe to you, uh, is it Chor- Chorazin? Uh, anyway, there's a city that Jesus is referring to. It says, Woe to you, uh, Bethsaida, uh, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre or Sidon, uh, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Basically, I read all of those just to inform you, the listener, that there is this theme throughout Scripture of ashes, sackcloth, uh, as, as this theme of repentance, as a theme of mortality, as a theme of mourning, as a theme of I am in the lowest point of my life, and so I'm sitting in this kind of humble, ashy, like basic attire uh, to acknowledge that I need something has to change. Something's gone wrong here. Something like, I, this is devastating. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, I think about, um, you know, I, I think in some ways in our society, at least in the U S there's, uh, I, I think about fat Tuesday, you know, like I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to get, it's almost like fat Tuesdays. I'm going to get to a lowly place tonight. If you will. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been in like gone to Mardi Gras or celebrated Mardi Gras or fat Tuesday, uh, in New Orleans or somewhere else. But, um, it is a it's like i guess i gotta, i almost have to get to a place where uh, and I, I don't think this is right right like i think we don't need to go on a, a night of, of of sinful sinful living to to get to a lowly place i think we can mourn our own morality our own humanity um just in our like in our everyday existence as well but it's interesting in in how many celebrate i think in the u.s uh that like that's how they do it like um, no like i'm in a good space right now i need to get a little bit lower you know what i mean so i can so i can receive the forgiveness and find reconciliation that's going to happen later yeah yeah which i'm glad that you brought that up because that kind of ties into um one of the reasons why i thought this would be a good thing to talk about for us not only because obviously it's coming up but also because it ties into our redemption series in a way um and that lent is a form of redemption and we'll talk about that in the 40 days and 40 years and those kind of time periods through scripture and what that means but if you go way back and and i'm not saying that this is necessarily um right or this is how the church should treat people um but historically there are accounts of when ash wednesday would start basically we would take these individuals uh who had participated in very public sin or were deemed by the church to be unworthy of gathering with the saints still uh, and we'd put them through a purification or redemption process beginning on ash wednesday so we'd say look you have come to a place kind of like what you're talking about with fat tuesday and the big celebration and you know sinful activity um, the church would actually say you as you know this sinful person has come to a place where you need to uh, repent and to find your to humble yourself and we're going to put ashes on you Uh, and cover you at the cross so that you could then take the next 40 days to repent, to fast, to find the Lord, to spend time with him, uh, to correct whatever sin is happening in your life. And then uh, you can come back on Monday, Thursday, leading up to the celebration of the Eucharist or Easter. um, And then you'll kind of be invited back into the church. But this 40-day fast and the ashes is the kickoff of this redemption period in your life. And again, I'm not saying that this is how the church treat people or that this is how we should look at it but there is historical evidence that that's how the church really early on in the days of ash wednesday and lent would uh interact with people that they viewed as having this you know crazy sin in their life yeah which i think i I do think that is a cool way though for like they had a built-in redemptive like system almost yeah you know 
and a, and a, like a pattern for, for them to say, Hey, I'm give I'm going to give up this thing that is sinful and I'm going to focus on Christ for the, like for a period of time because he's better, you know? Right. Um, and so for us today, like, you know, we're not saying, Hey, you're not, for, you don't celebrate Lent if you're, if you're not, if you're exiled from the church, if you will. I think this is a, for the everyday follower of Jesus, we would say, like, this is a time for us to look at every, any aspect of our lives and to say, is there something getting kind of in the way? And I'm getting into the practice. I'm skipping ahead of, like, even more now, but we'll come, <laughs> we'll come back. But is there, is there something that, um, that like, even is a good thing, you know, I think sometimes in the church it's like, you can, we can say like, everything's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. That's bad. And it's like, no, 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 we, we can give up good things, uh, to create margin and room in our lives to, to focus on the best thing, which is, which is Christ. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause even good things need to be purchased. They need to be redeemed. They need to have a proper place in our lives as opposed to, uh, being the end all be all, uh, that sometimes we make them in our more moralistic, uh, seasons of life, as opposed to putting them in the place where they are supposed to be of, uh, this is something that I, you know, I'm in obedience to Jesus. I'm going to be obedient above being good. I think is kind of the, the point that you're making, but, yeah, yeah. um, Cool. So, so that's really Ash Wednesday. It's this kickoff to Lent. It's uh, historically, you know, there's we see the ash throughout Scripture, but then we also see it today in that it's put on the forehead. And um, and if you're interested in, in celebrating that, I would just encourage you to, to look at it this way, to, to take this view of it, um, that this is an opportunity of humility. It's an opportunity of recognizing your mortality. It's an opportunity to recognize that there are certain things that God wants to redeem or through this next season, you are going to commit to uh, redeeming in your life to have a right viewpoint of them, of God, and uh, ultimately celebrating his resurrection at the end of it. And, and that's what this really season is kicked off. Um, okay, so that being said, let's jump into Lent. Um, I thought this quote was really good. It's from uh, the Britannica. Uh, in the early church, it was a time of preparation for, of candidates for baptism, uh, which yep. is interesting, kind of that purification, redemption story as well. So in the same way that maybe if you had this sin going on in your life and you'd get you know your, your sackcloth and ashes and humble yourself, whatever, like it's the same thing with baptism. Like baptisms would be uh, not just like whenever maybe you wanted them to be, but they would specifically there'd be a large number of baptisms on Easter um, and the celebration of the resurrection. You know, baptism is a picture of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So they'd go, they would reflect, they'd examine, uh, and prepare for this baptism on Easter morning. So, exactly. which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, preparing for baptism and penance for grievous sinners, uh, and this is kind of what we got into, earlier, who were excluded from communion and were preparation, preparing. Pre- Preparing, preparing for their restoration. And so, again, kind of to go along with those same ones who, uh, as this would describe them as grievous sinners, uh, preparing for restoration back into the church through this kind of redemption uh, yeah. process. And then about 100 years later, they basically formalized it. So it wasn't just for, it wasn't just for those, the, those people. It mm-hmm. was for the whole church. Yeah. So they formalized the Lenten season, if you will, uh, with that. Which I think is cool. Like, that's a recognition of, look, there aren't, you know, worse sinners in this church. We all sin together. We are all a part of the body of Christ, an imperfect union that we are viewed by God as perfect because of Jesus' sacrifice. But but we're in this together. 
Um, now, we mentioned that there, and Russell kind of jumped uh, into this a little bit earlier, but there are these periods of time in the Bible where there be mostly 40 days, but also uh, in recognition of Israel, 40 years, um, where 40, the number 40 seems to be a, a number that has significance to it. Uh, so we mentioned uh, Noah's 40 days and nights in the ark. Uh, you have Moses stays with the Lord 40 days and nights to receive the commandments. Uh, we have Israel sojourning or, or wandering through uh, Israel, through the wilderness for 40 years. Um, and then we also have uh, Elijah who walks 40 days and nights uh, later on in, in his journey. And then Jesus spends 40 days of testing in uh, what we refer to as the desert, but really just kind of this... Uh, out outer place and wilderness yeah wilderness type yeah exactly if you so. go if you go to where he he goes it's absolutely the wilderness and the wilderness was essentially the desert as well just ba- i'm sorry because he, he's in, he gets baptized potentially in jericho yeah and then he goes into the wilderness i've spent some time in jericho i literally close my eyes i can picture it's just these mountainous it's a just kind of a mountainous desert ish gotcha like, Consider the wilderness, yeah. No, no, it's funny that it, I, I think I reacted that way because as a less worldly traveler or maybe someone who hasn't been to that area, wilderness and desert does not seem like the same thing to me. And so uh, to me, in, in my mind, it's just easier to say like the outer part. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not um, domesticated. It's just, it's wild or deserty or just, you know, it's natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but to, to put some more perspective on some of these things, so so Noah is spending 40 days and 40 nights as a flooding of the earth, right? There's this time period where it's necessary for, um, I guess, maybe controversially, maybe not, but a cleansing of the sin of the earth, of all the things that have happened. God shows even some, like, remorse, which we could spend a whole other podcast on that. Um, but but there's a, a, almost like a redemption of the land, of the earth that needs to take place. Um, Moses uh, is redeeming kind of the people of Israel in a sense of like their obedience to God. Like they've walked away. So God's going to say, I'm going to give you these formal commandments to be able to follow. We'll narrow it down to 10 to make it easy for you. And then you're going to expand on it by like 300, but I'm trying to just give you 10. Um, and, and so there's this kind of like, hey, I want to formalize your obedience to me. Uh, Israel actually has the opportunity. I, I, this was fascinating in my research, Russell. And I, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well so israel has the opportunity to go directly into the promised land they're leaving egypt god's been faithful to send these plagues and to get them out of egypt he walks them across dry land in the midst of a raging sea right uh and they get to right up to the edge of the promised land and they send spies out to go look at it and they go no the people are too strong too numerous we can't take it even though God has told them that he would give, the, give it to them, and he's brought them all through this journey doing these miraculous things along the way, they don't believe it. And so from my perspective, and I, maybe I'm teasing out the series too much here, but there's almost this, like, I need to redeem Israel's obedience from God through 40 years of wandering in this wilderness to show them over and over and over again that I'm going to be faithful to them. He provides food. He provides water. He provides shelter. He provides leadership and guidance through, you know, all of these different things um, that he's almost redeeming their obedience to him or their faithfulness to him because he does all these miraculous things and they still don't obey him and taking the promised land right off the bat. You might be playing a little too far into the thing, for, <laughs> okay. like for my taste. Okay. All right. Uh, Fair enough. But, you know, like I don't, I mean... Because the, they all they, that generation all dies in the promised land. That's true. You know what I'm saying. So even Moses does. Mm-hmm. So now I'm not saying that God wasn't trying to redeem them, and He was trying to be like He was. The, he was. He, he was the God of Israel. He was their God. Yeah. Uh, 
I think, but I do think, I, mean, I, I guess where you, I could agree with you is sometimes when we aren't obedient to where God takes us, we miss out on the promises and the things that he provides for us. And so what God does instead is in the, the steering and moving around, I do think he, uh, it doesn't mean he leaves us. Like he didn't leave them to die in the wilderness. Oh, they, right. they, did, they did die, but what he was doing is he was letting them have their kids so that they could raise up a generation that would go and eventually take the, the promised land. Right. But I think God was still working and moving inside of them as well. So, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. But the the theme of forty though, 40, 40 years and forty days though, is a, is a, is a, is a is almost like a, a typical constant uh, consecration or like time to ah. spiritually prepare oneself yeah. for what God is what God is doing. I'm not trying to rain on your parade either. No, that's a great churchy word to Conse- add on to. yeah consecration. <laughs> I just just love it's that a word sanctifying moment. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How else can we confuse people? Um, but you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a consecrating, it's uh, a way to set you apart, to test your faith, to, uh, to build you up in order to take the next step, um, that God is leading you to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for me, uh, I, I'm looking forward to Lent this year. I I've been spotty. I think there's been like maybe a couple years that I've actually given something up, um, and, and by the way, that's that's part of the Lent process is that you would uh, give something up that you would be f- not necessarily just fasting from food or drink or something like that, but that there would be something in your life that you would choose to give up for 40 days uh, to then, uh, in my estimation, um, redeem it or, or to set it in its right place to say that, God, you are more important than this. I'm going to come back to putting you as the, the Lord of my life, that I'm going to let you dictate, uh, you know, how I spend my time, how I spend my money, how I spend my resources, what I, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so that's really what the Lent, like the Lent season is about, and then obviously ends with the celebration of Jesus' resurrection and, um, and the amazingness of what that means for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, so it's a Lent is this, it's a time of fasting, which is a time of giving up, which we talk about, you know, it, it is a time to give up something that again, we said this earlier, that might not be bad in itself to focus on, to, to take your time to focus on Christ. And, uh, I've been, I've been very loose with Lent most of my life. I'm probably celebrated it one or two times like diligently. And, um, I do think it's like, it, it's for us even like, you know, I feel like whenever you start the year, I always ask the question like, Hey, when's Easter, you know, and you know how Easter can sneak up on you sometimes where you're like, if it's, especially if it's in early March, it's like, oh my goodness, like, how did Easter get here so fast? Yeah, it feels like we need to uh, regulate that one. Like, Christmas is always going to be on December 25th. Can we get Easter on a, just a standard day every year so we know when it's coming? There's a certain calendar that they're, I can't remember what calendar it is, but there's a reason why it moves because it's not on our. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah but, Somebody smarter than me has already figured that one out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I, I think uh, for me, I, I haven't really done it a ton and I, and I, and I, I desire to because I do think. It, it's 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 allowing me to like begin to get into the mindset of living in some ways lent is a it's a it's a time of preparation but in some ways it's a it's a lifestyle of saying like i'm gonna i'm gonna live my life giving up things so that i can either focus on christ so or so i can redeem something so that it will point people to christ um so that I can live the way, in, in some ways, the way of Jesus. Right. Yeah. I'm going to understand that my time here on earth is short. 
that I'm mortal, that I it, it's going to come to an end. And what is my priority and how I want to spend my time? Uh, I'm going to emphasize Jesus. I'm going to emphasize his lordship and obedience in my life. And I'm going to be willing to hold everything with an open hand because every resource that I've been given has been given to me by by God. Uh, they're, they're all gifts. And so to say that any of them are mine or that I'm unwilling to give any of them back to him uh, is, a, is a selfishness on my part. It's a misunderstanding of uh, where I stand, where God stands, how I receive these resources, things like that. So uh, again, not to say that you know you have to do this or you're not a follower of Jesus. That's not what we're saying. We're just inviting you to come along this journey with us uh, to say that I am going to spend these, this time redeeming or choosing uh, to do something that's going to put me in a place where I'm uh, increasing in my faith in Jesus and my love of Jesus and my understanding of where he is, where I am, and where my stuff relates to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, let's get to this. Let's get to just some practical options here. So, uh, typically, um, again, it's something that you spend time away from and, and I would just encourage you to do whatever feels, um, the, whatever you feel like God is leading you to. So, so spend some significant time praying about this, spend some significant time, just listening, journaling, whatever it may be, uh, whatever God wants to reveal to you. Uh, but we'll give you some options here. So one, the first one that comes to mind is social media. And I'm going to view all of these things, or I'm going to paint them in the picture of redemption, just because, again, that's kind of where my mind's at. That's where our series is at. Um, but but maybe it's like redeeming uh, the the way that you receive affirmation. Um, and, and social media is a way that you do that. You know, the likes that you receive or the comments or whatever it may be. Like, like you want to redeem that in the sense of I'm going to look for Jesus to show me my affirmation, to know that I'm loved, that I'm cared for, that I have peace and joy in this person who we believe is alive and giving us these gifts as opposed to uh, the people that I interact with on social media. So I want to give that up for the next 40 days just to just to reorient myself and my heart and my uh, view of my own affirmation towards Jesus. Um, games on your phone. Russell, you a big game player. You play anything on your phone? Uh, I've been playing Wordle recently. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wordle, yeah, Taylordle, Quordle. There's uh, a new one. There's a, there's a guessing countries now. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I started that one yesterday. So there's becoming too many, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's out of control. Uh, I also am uh, boycotting Wordle just because I never got on the early trend. And so I now can't do it at all as a personal, uh, you know, just stance. But that's not here nor there. Uh, but the point is, uh, if you're so I'm a big game on my phone person. And what I notice at times when I go too far with it is that it distracts me from, uh, I'll be just be sitting here. Sarah's trying to talk to me on my wife and like, I'm ignoring her because I'm playing this game on my phone and it dawns on me. Like, no, this person that has a soul and feelings and a heart and that you love is sitting across from you trying to, you know, connect with you right now. And you're too busy on your phone to realize that. And, uh, that's probably a, a, a you know, red flag that this is taking too big of a place in your life. Um, so I don't know, maybe you, you want to redeem that time <laughs> a little bit. Um, there's a real human being sitting next to me right now. Exactly, exactly, as opposed to the uh, virtual ones on the screen in front of me. Um, maybe there's like an appearance thing, like uh, you having a value of your appearance. Maybe there's some closet cleaning that needs to be happening um, or something like that that you could do uh, to give up something, to give up that that view of like my, your appearance is you know something that's taking the place of where God should be in your life is the end-all, be-all. Uh, maybe it's like a, a Netflix or streaming service, something that's taken up just an, an absorbent amount of time in your life that you could give up and replace with uh, scripture reading or prayer or listening to a great church podcast or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, um, a way to, to kind of redeem that time in your life. Uh, it could be alcohol. 
we are a church that, you know, are, we believe that alcohol is not in itself a sin. Uh, it's a sin to be drunk, but um, to to just partake, uh, there's nothing that we view as sinful about that. Uh, however, it could be something in your life that's taken a, a foothold or that, you know, you're looking towards at the end of the day as your uh, reprieve or the way that you, you know, just digest the day or get over whatever's going on when really you could spend that time going to the Lord and, and, and you know, you've kind of just gotten off base a little bit there of where you truly find your peace and comfort. And so maybe you just want to take a break from that for 40 days. Um, money is one that comes up a lot. Uh, maybe it's, you know, money is just taking the place. So that's the end all be all in your life. And, and there's some weird, wild suggestions I'm going to make here. Are you ready for some wild suggestions, Russell? I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Take a 40 day break. And I don't know how you'd, you'd have to work this out with your HR team or whatever, but take a 40 day break from making 401k contributions. Uh, or your retirement contributions. And, and look, I'm not, I get that there's, there's wisdom in making those contributions and all that. I'm not saying that you should <laughs> not set yourself up for the future, whatever, but maybe financial advisors are just rolling their eyes. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> ripping uh, out their, ripping out their, their, their heads. I want to hear you absolutely. out though. I want to hear you. Yeah. Out. So and here's why I say this. And this is, I know this is extreme, but maybe you've come to a place where your future hope is in your retirement plan or in your retirement package. And you just need to take one or two contributions out of the, you know, whatever, however many hit in the next 40 days or three or whatever. But you just need to take a break from that to just say, look, I don't need this money in my retirement account, or I'm not counting on this money in my retirement account as my future hope, as my future goal, as I'm getting to like retirement's not the end all be all. You've got life today. You've got life and hope in Jesus. Your eternity is secure in his uh, death, burial, and resurrection that we're going to celebrate at the end of Lent. So so maybe it's just like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take this small amount to just say my retirement is not based on what's in my account. Uh, my retirement is will eventually be when I pass on to the next life, to eternity with Jesus, and I'm just looking forward to that, and I count on Jesus for that. Um, and I get there's people that are rolling over right now, but uh, just a, just something to think about. Uh, if you want to go money in a different route, uh, maybe there's like something on a weekly basis or you know whatever that you want to give some give some cash away to. Maybe it's just even just a dollar. Like you know you go to a restaurant and there's like that. Uh, you know, we're helping kids with cancer or we're you know helping uh, inner city projects or whatever it may be. Like you just want to give away some cash to be able to just show that like your your money is not your end all be all. Uh, maybe you just don't check your bank account for 40 days because again, like that's not where your hope is. That's not where your trust and your comfort and all that peace comes from. It comes from Jesus. And so we're going to put that away. We're going to not check that so that we can just focus on Jesus. And every time it comes up, maybe that's an opportunity to pray, read scripture, whatever it may be. Uh, you, you have something you want to add to that, Russell? I was going to say, maybe just not pay your bills for 40 days. <laughs> uh, that might cause some I'm just further kidding. repercussions down the line. Uh, Everyone pay your bills, please. Uh, yeah, please pay your bills. But, but you know, just consider some of these things. And again, prayer, journaling, sitting in silence with the Lord, listening. Like, like just we're not telling you that you have to do all these things or any of these things. Just be obedient to God. These are just some options. Um, and then the final one I have here, uh, which might be the most challenging, I don't know, but is not speeding in your car. Uh, slow down for 40 days. Just just set it on, you know, whatever the speed limit is or whatever. Like Because honestly, you getting to whatever that next thing in your life is, like we are all moving way too fast. 
and we're trying to go life at 9,000 miles an hour all the time. And it's okay to just be present and to be in the moment, uh, to take a, an extra beat, to get where you're going, to be safe about it. Um, it's not the end of the world. Life is not going to come to a crash. And you might find that your soul actually slows down with you and that you get to actually take in you know, life for a moment. Um, and maybe life's just been going so fast for so long for you that you need a break from that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're, there's someone that you have in mind when, you're, when you wrote that speeding Speeding well, uh, yes. Do uh, you speed? No, I've actually. I'm pretty conscious about. Uh, I I spent more than forty. I, so there's a book called uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by John Mark Comer, which we you know we both appreciate his works. But uh, there's a speeding section in that that I read a couple years ago that really changed my my viewpoint on that, and I've been trying not to for a while. Yeah, I uh, yeah he tells you to do like things less efficiently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on purpose so you'll slow down there's still quite a few things like I there's no way I'm ever getting in the longest line at the supermarket there's no way I'm ever doing that but well I don't I don't intentionally do that but you, ever, <laughs> you know when you like pick the wrong line oh, and then yes. I, his words of like just enjoy it slow I down know. and all I'm doing is like just cursing under my breath right, not same, really yeah. but Annoys just like, me every time just pissed off the entire time <laughs> yeah I I think all of this, again, all of this, though, giving up something, fasting from something, self-reflection, it's about giving up so that we can devote more time to, like, our king, our savior. So if it frees you up, let's say you're spending an hour. I mean, we all, maybe you've turned this notification off, but we all get our notification, at least I do, at 930 on Sunday mornings about my screen time. Mm -hmm. So if your screen time is beyond where you feel comfortable sharing it like uh or even that you don't even want to look at it because you know it's three four five six seven eight hours a day then which is a lot that's a lot that's that's a third of your day yeah yeah uh then perhaps you consider removing one of those things that will free you time to do some of the spiritual practices that we talk about from time to time uh, to be with the Lord, to be present with him, to be with Jesus, to become like him and to do what, to do what he does. Because I do think this Lenten phase of life, this is, this, is, this is the Christian life. It's self-sacrificing. It's giving up. It's laying down so that Christ can build you back up and put you back together. That's redemption. That's redemption. Exactly. That's, that's, I want to get this back. I want, God has purchased for me joy and peace and, and love and affection. And I'm not going to find those things in other things that I'm purchasing. Uh, I'm going to find that in his, what he's purchased. Okay. So, um, last thing here, I'll just share my plan. And I, I think Russell, you might be still trying to work on or figure out what, uh, God is leading you to give up. Is yeah. That, that yeah. I have not, uh, taken the time to actually pray about it. And so I'm not going to say something Yeah, and then not do it. And like Jake said, like actually take time spending time don't just default i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna have desserts i'm not gonna have sweets right so um it's <laughs> actually reminds me last year uh a friend of mine was like hey i'm not gonna have any sweets and we, uh, we ended up going to the beach with them and homeboy had ice cream every day <laughs> at the beach <laughs> well he's like but we're on vacation right which it again count. <laughs> yeah it doesn't count we're not in the city where i, I committed to lent <laughs> right uh, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, so check back next Thursday. We'll uh, have yeah. a big reveal for you. Yeah, you can you can keep me accountable. I'll yeah. make sure. Maybe maybe we'll talk about our Ash Wednesday service. Maybe we'll try to go find one. Yeah, there you go. Sounds good. We'll talk about that experience. Um, 
I will share mine. Uh, so I have been convicted um, that I just really have a negative view of our of our country, of our political system. Of you know, and this is not a political statement by any means. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, I'm just I'm just frustrated. And for a while now, uh, for years, I've just kind of tried to uh, remove myself from those different ideologies, from get engaging those conversations or whatever it may be. And it's just convicted me over the last couple of few days here as I've been praying about what to give up or what to add, um, that I just need to, I need to begin to pray for, for our country. I think that's the best thing I can possibly do. Uh, I don't have any kind of political influence or, or do I want any, um, but I can pray for our leaders and I can pray for God to, uh, be with them, to comfort them, to give them peace, to, uh, provide for them, for them to come to a relationship with Jesus, uh, that they would be led by his teachings, by his word, um, whatever that may look like. I, I'm not anticipating any major shift in our political landscape or any of that. Uh, I'm not praying for that. I'm just uh, acknowledging that I have a, a hardened heart towards uh, that area of, of uh, you know, the workforce of that area of our country and that ideology. And so uh, I am just going to begin to pray uh, for that. And that's really where God's redeeming something in my life of a viewpoint that I have that, that I think is probably, it's, it's time for me to redeem that. It's time for me to change that and to repent of that and to, to find the Lord in that. Um, okay. Uh, so that's what we've got. That's my plan. And we'll share Russell's plan next week with you and possibly some uh, Ash Wednesday experience as well. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mission State Church podcast. We'll see you back here next Thursday for another episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.